Unity Community of Central Oregon's podcast, featuring Reverend Jane Hyatt. Okay, so in Unity, we have things called affirmations and denials. And so one of the things I wanted to do is uh, with the eclipse is that we affirm that the light of spirit is always available to us. Got that? The light of spirit is always available to us. And we deny that fear in any of its forms can take that away from us. Why didn't everybody just repeat that? Yes. We did affirm, lead the affirmation. Yeah, all right. So we affirm that the light of spirit is, is always, always available, available to, to us. us. And we deny that any fear can take that away from us. All right, thank you. All right, so did you want to, you were going to talk about... Oh, I get to talk more? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so I did a little research, and, um, you know, historically, there have always been people that have tried to take away that sunlight of the Spirit from us. And... Um, really what we really need to keep be aware of that we need to stay connected to ourselves and to nature. And um, I researched one of my, my, um, my son-in-law is Pomo. Anybody know the Pomo tribe? They, 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 they settled here. And so one of the things I got was that their description of an eclipse is sun got bit by bear. <laughs> And so, uh, and the message is that they weren't afraid of the eclipse. They knew it was part of nature, and probably because they were pretty connected. So um, that, that was the one thing that I got from a, you know, like Native American aspect. And let's see, one more thing. Um, you know, that this feeling that we get of being insignificant compared to the solar eclipse and significant in that we have this connectedness to to spirit and i think one of the things that we that i personally battle is to be able to ha- have both of those happening at the same time right and also uh, one of the things that i i like about sunlight etc you know sunlight can be a photon or it can be a frequency it can be a wave, and that. So, and does people, do people know that? Yes. You think? Yeah. Right. Okay. So, um, the light really doesn't get to decide whether it's a photon or a wave, but we get to decide whether or not we want to stay connected to spirit. And at the bottom, I said, "Come on, man. Really? We can do that? Yeah, we can do it." <laughs> Thank you. Okay. I really liked the the lunatic part of the song because <laughs> lunatic meaning of the moon um, and the moon representative of your emotional body and all those feelings that you can't rationalize or make sense of and the sun being the rational mind. Um, and during an eclipse, the moon is overtaking that from our perspective and so it's an invitation to open yourself up spiritually or emotionally and shut down that that reasoning mind that just won't let you have any peace. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that about that. I wanted to highlight, too, that uh, in 1223 B.C. was actually the first time that um, any, any human being had 
written down their observation of an eclipse. And it was in northern Syria where they grow mountain, or they have apples that they grow in the mountains there. Um, and so I thought our connection this morning with that ancient lineage of observation was so special because we here in Oregon get to see the eclipse and potentially a lot of us in the path of totality. Um, it, it's a rare event. If, if you don't have a handout, they're on the back table. Um, well, thank you. <laughs> um, there's a, a fun little picture on the front of what it looks like from our perspective when the sun is eclipsed. And then um, next to that is a picture of what it actually looks like from space, which was really pivotal to me, that because it's this dark spot um, over the Earth. It's just dark. I'm sorry to interrupt. Just... Have a frame, of, a frame reference. of reference for that. Okay, so... Um, it's dark, which would mean you have a blank piece of paper sitting there, which I know you don't have. So. Right, so, so Eric, there is a picture of a big ball of light, and over it is a circle of black, and that's the eclipse. And then there's some light streaming out from around the sides of the circle, and that's the sunlight corona that you can see um, when it's a total eclipse. And then next to that is a picture of the Earth, and it's blue with its green on the, for the continents and brown, and then there's some um, white clouds swirled all around it. And within those clouds, over just above Australia, there's a big black circle. And that's the, the vantage point from outer space when there's an eclipse. The shadow. So astrologically, the shadow, wherever that occurs, is a sensitizing point on the Earth, a place where for the next six months or so, that place in particular is especially attuned to the energies that the eclipse carries. And if you look at your handout, you can see that eclipses occur every 18 months or so, depending on if patterns cross. Um, but that every 18 years, eclipse patterns of energy are connected. And, and in a little bit, we'll go through and talk about 1945, 1963, 80, 1981, and 1999, and what was going on in the world um, and how does that relate to right now in time? One of the things I, I want us to keep in mind as we're talking about this is the whole idea of the shadow and the shadow passing specifically over the United States and, um, and over Australia. Sylvia and I were talking about the Earth Care program yesterday, and she was saying about how um, so unity worldwide for the first time ever has taken a political stand or could be considered a political stand in saying that um, we support the um, <clears throat> the Paris climate talks thank you and and so that whole idea of caring for the earth and taking a stand to do something about that is very important with unity and that Sylvia was saying her perspective is maybe it's good that the United States pulled out because I think it's really due to the structure of our democracy where there is room for people who feel so differently from one another that it becomes very difficult to move that engine forward. And so we have been pretty major foot draggers in that particular arena. And so has Australia, which I didn't know. And then that just clicked when you were saying well, that the shadow yeah. was going over us and Australia. Uh, well, March, March 9th, 2017, it was over Australia first oh, okay. and now a second. Oh, this is oh, a yeah. second one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, so, so I don't know. Maybe that's one of the shadows that, that we get to look at. And, and I like what you're framing about 
the, the moon being the emotional body and all of this. So you can look at it as it's the uncomfortable stuff because not all emotions are like, oh, good, I get to feel emotion. I feel like most of them aren't. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but it's also important to integrate. So, so something that I, I will admit I wasn't interested in the eclipse, even though I practiced astrology until about two weeks ago. The astrology I practice, I don't really need to utilize eclipses um, in order to help people, but I found them fascinating when one evening I got this Central Oregon Rural Light, the um, Power Company magazine, and I didn't have anything else to read in my bath. So I took it and, and um, was, was really kind of shocked that there was an article about the solar eclipse is taking place here, and there was a man who has gone to 65 solar eclipses in his lifetime. He chases them, and they're so important to him and so pivotal, and everybody's different, so it might not be pivotal, pivotal for everyone, but I thought, wow, I have been ignoring this. I was just planning on staying home and, I don't know, having cookies while everyone else was messing about in the chaos. Um, but I thought, you know, this is such a special event, and we won't see another total solar eclipse again in Oregon until 2169. So this is literally a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Mm -hmm. The last time that we saw a total solar eclipse that spanned the entire United States was in 1918. And that also comes into the energy that we're carrying in the time. But I think one way to assuage fear that has to do with the eclipse, because it's a little disconcerting when the sun gets eaten by dragons, which is what the ancients thought was happening, um, is that it's simply a new moon. We, we have these occur every single month. And, and for visual purposes, um, Jane, if you could stand here and be the sun, it's shining bright. <laughs> and Pat, you're here. You're the earth. Oh, I'm a little back further. So a new moon. I'm the moon. And it's just I'm in between the earth and the sun. And we don't see that because if you think, usually, because if you think of the sun as being a bright, one of those big construction lights, if Pat were looking at me, the moon, in the backdrop of one of those construction lights, he would be blinded by it and he wouldn't see it. So we don't typically see these new moons. And then the moon builds to crescent as it moves out and then half, and then when the moon is back here, it's a full moon. And that's the growth part of the cycle, the waxing part of the cycle. And as the moon wanes, it moves from full back down to half and then it disappears again in the balsamic phase and comes back to the new moon. So this is something the energy that comes about every 30 days. So this is nothing to be afraid of. In an eclipse, is, it's just that the way that it's lining up from our vantage point, the sun and the moon happen to look the same size, and um, they, the, that's how the moon blocks out the sun during an eclipse. So nothing to be afraid of. <laughs> so during the building phase of, of this lunar phase relationship with the sun and the moon. That's all about growth. And if you think about the life cycle of a plant, beginning with a seed, that's the new moon, and it has all of the potential available to it to be anything that it wants to be mm. when it grows up. And then the plant grows, right? It sits down roots, and it, it jets out its branches and leaves, and then it gets to the full moon phase, and it flowers. But then, like all cycles in life, there's a death phase that we tend to have a really difficult time with. There's the letting go aspect of it with the later phases of the, the, the sun-moon cycle. And that's the plant dropping its fruit. And it needs to drop the fruit and decay in order to pass that information on to the next um, phase 
of, of life during this cycle. So the eclipse itself was seen as an ominous event in ancient times, that the king, the sun in the sky, was being overtaken by that shadow. And so leaders had a great problem with this occurring. If you look at the handout, um, historically ominous for leaders of nations, you can imagine how upset the commoners would have been that the sun had been darkened out on the leader's watch. It makes me think of the, the ancient pharaohs in Egypt. They were actual emanations from the commoners' perspective that they were truly gods um, in, in embodying a human body. So if they didn't know that the sun was going to be overtaken, what kind of trust could the, the followers in the nation put to that leader? So it's very important for leaders historically to know when the eclipses were occurring so that there wouldn't be an overthrow to their power. It's, you know, that seems like a good place to insert the part about Columbus and, oh. and the Mexican... Um... Oh, right, right. So am I up? No. Okay. All right, so in my research, right, so Columbus, when I think it was his second trip, not the 1492 trip, a couple years later, but um, they had no more food left and they were depending on the natives to get food. And um, the, let's just say the Spaniards were misbehaving. I don't have to go into details. But um, so they were withholding food from Columbus, and Columbus was trying to figure out how to get them to, you know, come around. And he predicted a lunar eclipse. And so they knew, we've known about lunar eclipses and solar eclipses for a long time. So he used that information to subjugate uh, the natives. I think it was Jamaica, but it really doesn't matter. It was in the West Indies. So I guess the message there is that um, there's a lot of things that are going to happen. And people are going to try to get us to uh, be fearful of one another or of nature or whatever they want to use to be able to control us. And I think that we have to be aware that really symbolically the eclipse cannot eclipse the, the sun, sunlight of the spirit that, that we all know that we are able to connect to. It almost seems like a test. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like we expect to see the sunlight in the day and the dark in the evening, but yeah. just to keep us on our toes. <laughs> yeah. So astrologically, eclipses are important because they carry the symbolism of that new energy beginning in an especially potent way, but the sunlight is being obscured. And so it's said that during an eclipse, any new endeavors that you undertake uh, you should be careful that there's, you know, p the potential of roadblocks coming up. Or if you think about um, a flashlight and it has really low battery, and so it's just a little bit of light, you can kind of see, that's kind of the energy that you have during a solar eclipse that, that, you're, that you're putting behind any of your new endeavors. The two weeks before the solar eclipse occurs is known as, at least astrologically, the time period where you're letting go. The events that occur in life leading up to that point is all about letting the death occur, the death, the letting go. And then after the eclipse point, understanding that that is a time for renewed, new in life, but that 
there's the potential that because the energy of the sunlight is obscured that you may have challenges with that. And it's, it's a six-month period of time, and it doesn't influence us all as individuals necessarily, except that in this case we're in Central Oregon and there's going to be quite a few people here. Hmm. Um, but it does, from an astrological perspective, affect the leaders of nations, um, countries themselves, strikes for independence within countries, um, and also people born during eclipses become especially sensitized during any eclipse cycle. So Donald Trump was a president, I, I should be respectful, mm -hmm. was born during an eclipse. And so we have the leader of our nation. The leader of a country astrologically is their chart, their person, their, their astrology chart, their person becomes the body of the nation and the things that happen to them energetically influence all of us as people who live in that country. And so we have an especially sensitized president leading the country who has this eclipse falling in a very, very particular part in his astrology chart, making it so that he is very influenced by the energies at hand. Now that doesn't have to be good or bad. It just is. And Donald Trump, in fact, is doing a very good job of his birthright of being a representation of the eclipse energies and carrying the shadow of the collective unconscious forward for us all to see. So like him or not, he's doing the job of bringing that shadow out so that we can all heal it with light. So I think that's such a wonderful way to look at it because... <laughs> Because those who, those who are not fans often wonder, like, why is this happening? And we, we need to make meaning of it. And, and so to realize that he carries our collective unconscious forward, which is, that's the reason this whole Shadows to Light program that we're starting, that's why it's so exciting for me, because we get to... You know, there's going to be an energy transfer part of it that might seem a little more woo-woo, but there's also going to be the guy that's leading this is, is an academic. He's written several books, and, and we're going to be digging down into the roots of stuff, into the shadows, and seeing what is creating these issues in our life, this lack, this alienation from other people, the violence, the despair. Those are the shadows that we're dealing with, and, and we're going to bring light to that. So really, the president is doing us an amazing service because he's galvanizing this shadow and bringing it out into the open. And this is so we can look at it as like, wow, here we go. This is our time to step into this and be really excited about it. We, we can say, oh, no, what's going to happen now? They're, they're, the bomb will get dropped. You know, we could do that, but then that's what Pat's saying at the beginning. We are giving our power to our fear instead of saying, no, the light prevails no matter what, and we are the light. We are emanations of that light. We are claiming that, and we're going to do our part. And the unity teaching is that, yeah, yeah, all these ideas are great, and do something take action. And so Shadows to Light is a way to take action. If, if you don't know about that program, there's, there's um, something in your, the back of the calendar in the announcements. You can read more about it. You can sign up in the back. You can go to our website and get a lot of information. So I, I don't want to get too far down with that, but I do want to draw the connection to That's what, perfect time. what's going on with this. Yeah, Shadows to Light. I, the eclipse is such a great representation of that for us all to physically see. Mm -hmm. 
Eclipses were also historically, traditionally seen as times where there was a revelation of secrets um, and hidden matters were exposed and brought to light. It, the image I had on that was uh, being a child and wanting to stay up past my bedtime and read books. Um, so I would like hide under my covers with my itty bitty book light. And so my parents couldn't see the light under the door. Um, but one day, you know, my mom came in, threw open the door and turned on the light and there I was. And that's kind of what happens during an eclipse, right? <laughs> <laughs> so something that was interesting uh, about the, the energy of the eclipse cycles, you guys, um, the one that we're particularly fascinated with because it's occurring right over us um, in the coming days, is July 1945 is the first time period I want to highlight what was going on in July 1945. And before I begin this, I need you all to stay with me and know that just because it shares a theme, it doesn't have to share a result. So in 1945, it was the first time after the eclipse happened um, that we had tested nuclear bombs. And Hiroshima and Nagasaki um, were attacked in August. The eclipse occurred in July. And so there's a six-month period of time after an eclipse occurs where the energy is especially sensitive. It was also a period of time where the UK had experienced an unprecedented um, landslide vote against the Churchill Conservatives. So that was quite the upset. Flash forward to 1963 when JFK was president. He was also, um, I'm sorry, I, I don't understand. Oh, he was also um, assassinated during the eclipse cycle. The Soviet Union signed um, a nuclear testing ban though with the United States and the UN. Um, a treaty that's saying, hey, we won't test nuclear weapons anymore. And so Hiroshima and Nagasaki had happened during that first cycle, and then look what happened in the second cycle. But the theme is the same with nuclear weapons, and you can say the same for 2017 right now with what's in the news. Um, JFK held an event for the Boys Nation at the White House before he died in 1963, and Bill Clinton was in attendance. That comes into play later on in 1999 because Bill Clinton was the acting president in office. So he shares particular potency with this eclipse cycle. In 1981, Reagan authorized the neutron bomb, the rebuilding of B-1 bombers, and he halted Haitian refugees from coming to the United States. So what kind of things do we have that are similar in, in what's going on right now? Um, there was also the largest anti-nuclear protest up to that date in the world. 350,000 people marched in Amsterdam against United States weapons programs for nuclear testing and bombs. In 1999, the most recent time this energy was around, Clinton was in the middle of his impeachment trial. Um, he had commuted, something I found really interesting is on the day of the eclipse in 1999, President Clinton had commuted 16 members of an FALN organization, which were a, a Puerto Rican paramilitary group that had set off 120 bombs in the United States. And he commuted their sentences against the wishes of the Senate and the House. The Senate voted it down 98%, the House voted it down 87%, and Clinton cited his executive power and went ahead with it anyway. And so what do we have that's a similarity right now with our acting president taking that kind of, of power and control? Also, Boris Yeltsin resigned, and Vladimir Putin took over. And so it's especially interesting to see in, after this upcoming eclipse, you know, how does Vladimir Putin play into the United States in an even bigger way? Mm. But that all being said, <laughs> so an eclipse is an actual blocking out of the light. And if the light in ancient thinking was the king, it's an obscuration of their power. And so up until this point, there's been a lot of unchecked power. And so 
for Donald Trump in particular because he was sensitive to this, this energy as an individual. There's the potential that there could just be an obscuration of his ability to assert the power that he wants to in the way that he wants to. And so I think that bodes well for us as far as peace in, in the world with the... Um, with North Korea and us kind of in a swallow right now about using nuclear weapons. Mm -hmm. so, so there's that as far as the energies are concerned, but I'd like to highlight that the Tibetan Buddhists think that an eclipse period is an especially sensitive period of time where the actions that you take are carried forth 10,000 times magnified. And so during an eclipse cycle, if, if you are meditating or praying for peace, then that is magnified 10,000 times. And so when we're all frustrated and aggravated at the ensuing congested roads and potentially empty grocery stores, <laughs> then we have to remember to keep ourselves in check during that period of time and not let anger take over control or irritation. The eclipse does not have a simply ominous history. There are tribes in Africa that see an eclipse as the sun and the moon simply fighting and that it's our job as humans to resolve all conflict with one another so that they will stop fighting. Mm -hmm. And in Italy, flowers planted during an eclipse are said to be more beautiful and grow better than any flowers planted any other time of the year. Interesting. Well, I think, you know, when you're talking about the two powers fighting, traditionally the sun is the masculine influence and the moon is the feminine influence. And so you could think about it as we're bringing more of the feminine influence into the world, which could really, that balancing is needed. So we are in charge, as Pat was saying, of where we're putting our thoughts. And so if we together hold the idea that this is a powerful time when we are welcoming in the feminine energy, where we are going to be a stand for kindness, inclusivity, for just doing conscious peace, focusing, where we're going to have time for meditation, take time to pray. If we, if we make those those conscious thoughts, then I think our experience will be much, much more powerful. And I really encourage you to think about the Shadows to Light program, getting involved in that, and see if that's something that we, we are leaders in our nation with that as well. Right now, there are 14 churches across the nation signed up for that program, and we're one of them. So we might be small in numbers, but we're very mighty in our mission and our intention. And, and I feel so proud of us, and I hope that you do too. And I want to thank Alex and Pat for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. And, and we're just going to... We're going to conclude this with this beautiful song that Eric and Victor were singing um, at the end of our campout last week, Bridge Over Troubled Waters, because we get to choose who we are in the world, and we can be a bridge. We can be a bridge over the troubled waters. We can be a bridge over the fear that people may have ascribed to this um, eclipse. It can be the epoch eclipse, or it can be an opening door, a bridge over troubled waters. <laughs>